The following audio is from Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to make and mature disciples through the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. All right, everybody, welcome again to our podcast. I know it's been a while since we've done one, but this is Julian, the interim pastor here at Fellowship. I'm sitting here with Daniel, our student pastor, and uh, we obviously, because of the current situation, have been very busy with other things, and uh, we wanted to get back under the swing of things and do a podcast uh, pertaining to last Sunday's sermon uh, at did you just want to continue in Acts chapter three because we were in Acts previously, or? Yeah, so we've uh, we did our We Are Fellowship series, and uh, we kind of were in Acts two for the, that whole series there at the end. And uh, I thought it'd be cool for us to keep that same theme throughout the rest of the year of talking about, you know, the church, the early church, what church is supposed to be like. And Acts is a perfect picture of that, and so. I, I figured it'd be cool to keep walking through Acts as we finish out the year, and uh, the next step in that was Acts 3, and I thought it just kind of flowed perfectly with what's going on around us. Yeah, that was really cool. I like Acts 3 a lot. I like the very first thing you get in Acts 3 is the man lame at the gates, and they had probably passed by him a hundred times. Jesus probably saw that guy. Yeah. And uh, I just thought it was neat in the biblical account how, uh, why not before? Right. Why did this guy not get healed by Jesus or somebody or before? And right. he obviously would have seen Jesus or would have, you know, Jesus would have walked right past him. And so kind of on that note, we'll just jump right in. Um, you know, there's like this uh, faction today of people who claim to be able to do what the apostles did. Right. Like um, there's a certain church. I don't want to say their name, but they are very big and popular and they had this healing ministry of going to the hospitals. And unfortunately, they 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 uh, dismissed their healing services for now because of the coronavirus, yeah. which doesn't make much sense to me. But uh, can you explain, like, why did that healing have purpose? And, and you know, you know, like, if you're speaking to those people who feel like, yeah, we can just go to the hospital and heal anybody, like the apostles did, why is that important to remember that that's maybe not the case or that Jesus could have healed this guy and chose not to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So one, I think that, uh, I think the apostles had a different level of authority than we have. They had this apostolic authority that I, I don't believe that people today have. Mm-hmm. And I think the, there was a purpose behind everything. So in scripture, even when Jesus healed, he, I mean, there's other people that are sick and lame around him, but yet he's not healing everyone. Mm. He, he's choosing who he's going to heal based on, how that brings glory to God. Mm. And and so every healing had purpose, and uh, I believe that the apostolic authority had purpose as well, that they're the beginning of this movement, the early church building it up, and, and God gave them this ability to have this apostolic authority to be able to do these uh, certain miracles and healings so that the church could be built and it could bring this, this level of, uh, uh, like, Proof, right? Like to an authenticate. Yeah, to authenticate uh, the gospel at that point, and so we don't need that like they did back then because we have the full word of God for one, 
Uh, but not that not that I don't think that people are still healed. We talked about that a few weeks ago uh, in our We Are Fellowship series. I do think that there's still healings that take place. I just don't think that we will that to happen. I think that sure. um, that God wills that to happen when He wants. I don't you know I don't think that people can go to the hospital and just start picking and choosing who they want to heal based on right. their own preference. I think that it's very much God working miracles when he sees fit to bring glory to himself. And so I think that's the same case for this guy. I, we talked about it Sunday that, that uh, Peter and John use this as an illustration. Peter uses an illustration in his sermon right after he's speaking to these groups of people and, and he uses what just happened to prove to them, hey, this guy was sick, he was lame, and, and he needed healing, and you're sick with sin and you need healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I I think that's neat that you say that because it worked the same way for Peter, too, as it would for us today, right? Right. Peter didn't will this to happen, right? Exactly. And just They passed that guy. They probably knew that guy was a beggar. And at that specific moment, God impressed upon Peter's heart. No, here's what you're going to do. Yeah. And uh, I think I think that's really what I take away from that healing is that it, you're right. It's not like a, a magic formula where because we've been given the Holy Spirit, we can now go out and heal anybody or if we have enough faith, you know, not to say that healing doesn't happen. Like we said, right. I truly believe a hundred percent that God is a miracle worker, that he, he heals the sick and he does as he wills. Mm-hmm. But it's always been, like you said, that if it brings him glory, right? right. Because there's going to be no sense in, in God healing, you know, great aunt Debbie if if there's no glory about about it right just because she's faithful and whatnot and to preserve her life this life means nothing right right right. god doesn't god doesn't see this in this life as the important thing and Mm -hmm. so he's not trying to preserve you he's not trying to uh heal you to you know extend your life there's always a glory that comes out of it right and i think that's um that's important to understand but that was i've always liked that part of it um, you made this statement, and I really liked it, and it said, you said, the disease is sin, and the cure is Jesus. You know, in light of everything that we have going on right now with this disease, the coronavirus and whatnot, can you kind of, uh, can you kind of elaborate on that, on why it's important not to just see kind of the physicalness of what's going on, but the spiritualness of what we need? Yeah, so, I mean, you kind of just touched on a little bit that you know the that we're God's God's not looking to heal people just to heal people he's looking to heal people for his glory and and it's not so much about life preservation as it is his glory and so we kind of get wrapped up in the here and the now with what's going on in our you know saving our own lives and and it gets really easy to get wrapped up in that uh, and so even with this coronavirus thing that's going on, it's easy to get wrapped up with that disease when in reality, it's like Paul said, man, to live as Christ, to die is gain. Mm. If I die, then I'm going to spend eternity with he- in heaven with, with Christ. And that's what, I've, that's what I've been longing for is to, to be in perfect communion with God. And so if our focus is preserving life here, there's no point in that other than to to advance the gospel and to live for Christ. So there's this faith thing that says, I'm going to trust that God is in control. And if he wants me to stay here now living, then that's for his glory. That's to live as Christ. I'm going to live and, and proclaim Christ. Right. Or if I do die from whatever, 
then there's gain in that for me because I get to be in the presence of God and be in perfect communion with him. And so, um, you know, in, with what's going on around us, it's we shouldn't be focused on the here and now. Yeah, there's this disease and people are dying from it. That's a horrible, tragic thing. And there's sorrow in that. Uh, but but the ultimate problem that mankind has is sin. That's that's the real disease that mankind is suffering from. Yeah. And so we need to be conscious of that. And as much as we're willing to fight the advancement of this coronavirus, right? People are staying mm-hmm. home and they're proclaiming like we need to shut this thing down and stay at, you know, don't don't go talk to anybody, stay at home with your family. We're we're willing to make some significant sacrifices to stop the spread of this virus. Right. We need to deal ruthlessly like that with sin. Yeah. In our lives, but also in other people, we need to recognize that other people that we know are are dying from sin mm-hmm. and we need to uh be be you know conscious of that and intentional about fighting that and in sharing the gospel with people so that they can experience life too. Yeah. Yeah. It's this fear I just thought of when you were talking of if we don't build relationships in this time of social distancing, people will eventually die and their sin will send them to hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. And where's the balance in that? You know, it's so difficult right now for us as ministers, right? trying to lead people in the right way who are still supposed to be commissioned by God, uh, our circumstances shouldn't dictate the commission, right? Right. Like I was looking at Luke 17, 33, and uh, Jesus said, whoever tries to make his life secure will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. And so, you know, and I, and I don't want to say this lightly, meaning to not take this virus serious or to not take the actions or the precautions serious. But you remember that guy who uh, went out to that island to try to witness to those um, native people of the island and they ended up killing him or whatnot. And he was like, God was just glorified because he felt impressed upon his heart that these people needed the gospel. Right. And uh, when do we... And I, this wasn't an original question of mine, but I, I think it's a good discussion. When do we draw that line and say, you know what? Yeah, maybe I'm risking my life, but people need the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, do you feel like that has to be a face-to-face thing, or can we do that now solely over social media? I mean, how does that look going forward? I mean, I do think that God's given us these these things of, social media to be able to proclaim the gospel. But yeah, I think that, and we've talked about this before that spreading the gospel is a relational thing mm-hmm. and it's hard to be relational over social media in a meaningful way. But at the same time, I don't think that we're breaking any laws, but if I go talk to my neighbor about the gospel, I mean, that's, there's nothing preventing me from doing that. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that we, we should absolutely continue to, advance the gospel in, in this time. And that does mean that you risk a little by going to talk to your neighbor. And, and I mean, I don't, I'm not advocating that we break laws or right. go against orders that have been given to us. But at the same sure. time, I do think that uh, the command to go and make disciples hasn't changed even in the midst of what we have going on. Yeah. I think too, I'm not one that likes to look at the situation of this disease and the pandemic and say, oh, this is, you know, God has given us the opportunity to do this or do that or look for signs and what's happening. But 
I do feel like we've talked about it before in our podcast, how we had this notion that you just bring everybody to the church. And once everybody comes to church, then someone can witness to them or evangelize them or whatever, give them the gospel. And then you've done your job. Right. Well, it's kind of taken that aspect out of it. Right. It's no longer, we're not going to be able to do that. Right. And we can come and have parking lot church or have church online, but that, you know, that there's taken that element out of it. And I'm almost, uh, I think God can be glorified through that. 100%. For, yeah. for us to get off of that idea that just bring them to the church and it'll, it'll happen because that was never the case in the first place. Right. You know, this is providing us, I think, an opportunity to say, no, no, no. Okay, I won't have the opportunity to bring them to church, so I need to talk to them personally. Right, it's like a reset button almost to where it's forcing us to go back to the way this is supposed to have been in the first place. Yeah. Um, I have seen a lot of people, uh, you know, even other churches in the area talking about uh, we're doing church online, we're doing church. That Mm-mm. That's not, that's yeah. not real. I mean, I get, I get what, they're, what they're saying. We're doing the same thing. We're putting our services online. Right. But that's not doing church. Doing church is like, I mean, we said that, I said that last night in the Bible study, doing church is leaving these four walls and being the church because we're the body. Christ yeah. Christ gave us, I mean, he's the authority. And if he's the authority, then we're going to be his body in the world around us. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I totally agree that this is, this has almost been a reset for churches all over to try to kind of scramble and figure out how, how do we do this now? And, I'm excited like you that, that maybe it's forcing us to go back to to the drawing board and realize maybe we've been doing this wrong for a while yeah. and that church is really supposed to be more like this, that, yeah, we can get together and celebrate and enjoy, but Sunday is not the end-all be-all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's becoming like a a blaring siren of duh. You know, like yeah. it's not just about Sundays. If, if that's the type of quote-unquote Christian you want to be, that ain't going to cut it, you right. know, because that's not what God's about. I am excited about, there's been a lot of our people, our church people being the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, you know, with, we're helping kids from schools who can't eat, you know, who don't have meals rather. And, uh, and we're able to mobilize that. And, you know, we're able to help people in our church. And, and whenever we say we are the church, that's what it means. Mm-hmm. Right. We are the church. That means we live in this Christ-centered community and we help each other out and we're each other's strength. And uh, what's really cool about that is that sometimes when, whenever you hear the term, we are the church, you know, they're trying to say like not the building, but the people when we gather, but it's not about the gathering. Right. You know, it's about the action coming forth from the body. Right. And, uh, and I think that's a really neat thing right now. Kind of excited to see that. A lot of unknown out there, obviously, and uh, that scares me too, but just excited to see that it's actually working the way it should be working yeah. right now. Yeah, because when, when Paul talks about the fact that we're the body of Christ, that's very much an action-type mm-hmm. phrasing that he's using, right? He's talking about some of their arms, some of their legs. I mean, that, that's, the body moves, mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't just stand still and you know enjoy itself you know i mean it it moves and it goes and so there's purpose in that so yeah i'm I'm with you i'm excited about the fact that it's it's forcing us to move a little bit it's almost forcing us to not so much serve the body but serve outside of the body 
Yeah. You, 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 I don't know if you remember when Imelda hit, and I made this video about service, about, you know, getting out, and we had, like, a really high weekend of helping people that we didn't even know. And, uh, and it kind of opened my eyes to doing stuff at church is great, right? Um, I have people who serve in ministry behind me on music or uh, teachers or whatever, and we need that. But when, when Jesus calls us to serve, right, it's to serve outside of that, to then promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think this is a wonderful opportunity for us to show that that the service that God wants is not for us to sit on our couch and do nothing because there's nowhere to serve in church, but to actually be the church and serve, you know, with our neighbors or however we can make that happen. Right. So I guess to wrap it up, what do you think this looks like for our future? Like, um, is this the new normal or, you know, I mean, obviously we don't have the answers, but what are, what are your thoughts on that? You know, is this going to be how it looks now from here on out or, you know, I mean, I do, I do think that, uh, I think this is going to change the world as we know it. Mm. Um, I don't think we're going to be stuck isolated forever or anything Let's hope like not. that. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that this is a historical event. This is something that's going to change history as we know it. Mm. And people are going to look back and realize that there was a radical change from, before to after and i think um you know culturally i think that things will change a little bit um i think that people will be more conscious for the for a long time of germs and things like that yeah. I think people, people who who weren't washing their hands before which is uh obviously must have been a thing because now they're like wash your hands wash your hands like were people not doing that before i don't know the germaphobes are living I in guess. the limelight oh, right yeah, now. Yeah. they're like <laughs> we told you yeah <laughs> So I, I think that culturally some of that will change. I think that, but I I think church culture will change too mm. because we're realizing that church is not like we like we were just talking about. Church is not about the building that we go to. Mm-hmm. It's not even about the the gathering that we do on Sundays and Wednesdays. Right. It's about the mission and and who we're supposed to be. And so I think I think we're realizing that it doesn't have to be on a Sunday. I do think people are missing worshiping together, and Absolutely. I am too. Absolutely. Um, but I think that we're realizing too that that it doesn't have to be just that that it mm-hmm. should be so much so much more, and uh, I'm even seeing that in you know other churches and people that that you know we follow online that they're picking up on some of this stuff too that that church is so much different than maybe what we've always thought. Yeah, I think for the last couple of weeks, I mean, obviously last week was our first drive-in church, and it. You're right. You said it. I think Wednesday night, like it just feels like it was an eternity of mm-hmm. not meeting. And it was really only one Sunday. And um, sometimes I wonder for, you know, some people who aren't as faithful, you know, are they looking back on this and thinking, man, I really miss being at church and maybe I should have been more faithful. You know what I mean? Yeah. This also could be like a an enlightenment for everybody. You know, I don't care who you are, whether it's you know what? I wasn't doing anything outside of the walls of the church. I was serving real good inside of the church, but I wasn't getting that. Maybe right. that's that's a sign for them to say, I need to be more involved outside of the church. Or maybe it's a sign for someone to say, I'd barely even made it to church, and now I miss going to church, and I don't even have the opportunity to do it. You know, hopefully that's a sign for them, too, to say, I need to take that more seriously, you know? And I, although 
although I don't look for signs and, you know, why is God doing this kind of deal? I do think we're provided with opportunities to look back and to say, this does need to be done differently from here on out. Yeah. And hopefully after things get back to normal, we don't get stuck back in the rut mm-hmm. sometime after, you know, hopefully this will change us for the better. Yeah. I think too, it's helping people realize too, what they've been missing. You know, maybe something that we've taken for granted for a long time to the point to yeah. where it no longer becomes a priority because it, we we know it's there and yeah. we can go to it when we want it. Mm-hmm. And now here we are, we can't go to it when we want it. And yeah. and so maybe they're realizing, you know, maybe some of us are realizing too, we took that for granted and maybe we'll real, maybe be a little more thankful for it and make it more a priority. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that was a good discussion. And, um, if you're listening, uh, you heard it here first. We're doing outside church again for Palm Sunday, Sunday morning. But we're also uh, planning a night of worship and prayer for Good Friday. Uh, probably start around six o'clock. Mm-hmm. And so, if you can come to that, it'll just be like parking lot church, except there won't be any sermon. So just come, and we'll sing a bunch of songs, and we'll have some prayer, and just kind of remember the cross and why. We look forward to Easter and why we look forward to this Passion Week that we had been talking about. Obviously, we have to do it different now, but uh, if you can make it to that, I think it's going to be great. People are just longing to worship with each other. Mm -hmm. And so um, make it to that Good Friday, 6 o'clock in the parking lot. We're going to do a time of worship and prayer. And um, obviously this Sunday, hopefully it doesn't rain, and we will uh, be able to do outside church again like we've been doing before. Yeah, fingers crossed. Y'all start praying. No rain. (laughs) That's the only bad thing about parking lot churches. Uh, You never know in southeast Texas when it's going to rain, especially in April. Pray for the rain to come Saturday, not Sunday. Yeah, Rain is a blessing. We want the rain to come, but not on Sunday. Not on Sunday. And, (laughs) and, I mean, we could probably go like a month without rain around here. We've had. (laughs) Yeah, we're not going to hurt. We've we've had enough in the past couple of years. Uh, Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that's all we have for you uh, this afternoon. Stay in tune, and uh, we'll see you guys on Sunday. Thank you so much for listening today. And we always welcome you to join us at Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas, where we gather, grow, give, and go.